This episode of Running Down the Clock is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan Skincare. Busy Bee is an all-natural skincare line dedicated to healthy, vegan, plant-based skincare and overall wellness. They offer a selection of handcrafted body scrubs, butters, and washes that not only make your skin glow, but smell amazing. Their unique all-natural scents include gingerbread, ruby grapefruit, caramel cake, and morning latte. So why not treat your skin to something fresh and all-natural? Head over to shopbusybeevegan.com today. And as a special bonus, Busy Bee is offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount on your first order with the code Ordinary Podcasts. Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak. I'm here with Puya Ricey. Puya, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, this is our first episode, so we, we are just joining you as well. Um, this whole show is just a couple fans talking football. We are not experts. We are just going to be having hot takes at a relaxing conversation pace some of the time for 45 minutes. I'm going to start a clock right now, and we are going to talk today about the AFC South. AFC South is the Indianapolis Colts the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. There has been a ridiculous amount of player movement in this division, starting with probably the most important player, a former MVP in 2016, Matt Ryan, has now taken over for the Indianapolis Colts. Does this make them this division's favorite for you? Personally, I think it's a tough one just because we saw what happened with the Phillip Rivers thing couple years ago they tried him for one year and I think what they lost first round of the playoffs if I'm not mistaken I believe so yes is the Matt Ryan experiment going to be the same thing another guy who's pretty much towards the end of his career who has not experienced much success just off a hunch I personally don't think it's going to pan out that well I don't think he has that much in the tank but you know athletes pro athletes are always proving people wrong right so anything could happen he is a former mvp the guy's been a career starter obviously you know there is talent there it's not that he's a bum i just don't know if it's a little bit too late in his career for him to make such a drastic change to a new team and all that and well the comparisons with philip rivers are accurate because philip rivers was at the end of his career you could argue that his numbers are Hall of Fame worthy. I don't believe that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He hasn't won an MVP. Philip, um, sorry, Matt Ryan has won an MVP. Uh, he also has Hall of Fame numbers. Now, what he was lacking in Atlanta for a lot of those years after they went to the Super Bowl was a valid running game. And now that he comes to Indianapolis, he has possibly the best offensive line in the game and arguably also the best running back in the game do you think that affects how much he actually has to do like he could just be a game manager and just come in there run the ball he's one of the smarter quarterbacks at the line of scrimmage so if he needs to audible he's just going to audible and give it to jonathan taylor who will run for 
he had the most first down rushes last year, the most yards last year, the most touchdowns last year. So can he just give the ball For to sure. him and manage the game? For sure. But why wasn't Carson Wentz able to do that? Well, Carson Wentz is a wild card. He, he, he is not the smartest player when it comes to football IQ. He also runs around with his tail between his legs so many times. He sprained both of his ankles on one play last year. He is a completely different type of quarterback. Right. Fair enough. No, I, as I said, I just, I'm kind of going with the history of watching somebody fail for the, for the past couple of seasons. And yeah, it was an abysmal team though, right? Like you can't blame all the, you can't put all the blame on the quarterback when the team around him, they really had a gap in every position. So, yeah. and their weaknesses mainly on offense last year, like I said, the offensive line is amazing. Like Quentin Nelson is one of the better guards in the league, if not the best. Their wide receivers was a second-year player and Michael Pittman Jr. last year. And so he'll be going into his third year. And then you have Alec Pierce, who was a first, uh, second-round draft pick this year. Those are their two main wide receivers. Now, behind those two guys, there's not much. Ashton Doolin, Desmond Patman, it's pretty thin. So if, there, if you did have a complaint about the Indianapolis Colts, it's is Michael Pittman Jr. a number one guy? Do we know that yet? Yeah. I mean, having said all that, I put them to win the division. Right. When I talk about success, I'm talking about, can they go deep in the playoffs? Right. Okay. So they, they, they will now what wins playoff games? What, what is always something that people say that wins Super Bowls? Defense. Defense and a running game. The Indianapolis Colts have arguably the best defense in the league. They've upgraded it this past year. They, over the off season, they, they went out and got uh, Stefan Gilmore, all-pro cornerback, and Yannick Nagaku, all-pro defensive end. So uh, they're once best. I think they had eight guys go to the Pro Bowl last year off the defense team, and now they've only gotten better. So they have the best defense, and they have the best running back. Doesn't that Shouldn't that then equate to Super Bowl contender? Yeah, you know what? You make a lot of good points. They, on paper... They do seem like, I think I'm just kind of caught up in how they've kind of failed to meet expectations the past couple of years. Yeah, but well, they have. Absolutely. They, they have. have. They that, should be. That's kind of still lingering in my mind. But no, you're right. They, they do have, they have been improving. This is a, this is a team where the, the front office definitely has been doing a good job to try and get them in a better place. You know, like it, I think I'm also overwhelmed by just how lackluster their division is. It's just not that interesting of a division at this time. It's probably, and I think this is why we're starting our podcast off with this division, because I agree with you. I don't think that the teams in this division and then also the names that are on the teams in this division are exciting. Like Matt Ryan was exciting five years ago, six years ago, um, but he's old now and he's with – he he's the X factor on this Colts team that if he does well, the team will do well. If he does not do well, then it's going to be another disaster in Indianapolis. And it's unfortunately for this division, that's the best team in this division. So if they fail, it's kind of laughable. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, having said that though, like you got them, they got nine wins last year, right? Yes. I, I think you're, you, you're onto something that I think they can pull out a couple more. You know, some of their guys are a little more experienced. 
I think Matt Ryan will probably be a little more calm and collected as he normally has been than Carson Wentz. And, you know, getting 10 or 11 wins isn't that unfathomable, right? No, it's not. I mean, they play Houston and Jacksonville twice. So there's four wins off the top. Um, then you've got to think that they split with Tennessee. There's five. Don't they play Washington. Pardon me? Don't count out Jacksonville. Well, that we'll get to Jacksonville year, a bit. Right? But if Jacksonville was what they were last year and Indianapolis is what they are now, let's just go based off that before we start talking about Jacksonville. But then, so then they got Washington. So that's six. Uh, then it gets pretty hard. They got Pittsburgh. You got to think that's seven. Then they got the Giants, so eight. I mean, they got actually, it's actually a tough schedule. Chargers, Vikings, uh, Dallas, maybe that's the ninth win. Um, Philly, that's like, those are all kind of toss ups. So 9.5 is their over right now, like over under wins is 9.5. Does that 9.5 doesn't usually win divisions, does it? Don't want to be up around 11 wins to win a division. Yeah. um, Titans won it with 12 last year. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But now let's talk about the Titans because they did not get better. They probably had one of the worst off seasons. I think anyways, they lost their number one wide receiver. They lost their number two wide receiver, even though he was a little bit, he wasn't great. Julio Jones was not great for the Tennessee Titans. Now they lost AJ Brown. They lost Julio Jones. They've brought in Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury with the LA Rams. And then they drafted a kid in the first round, Traylon Burks, who's supposed to be pretty good, but also he is a rookie. Now their offensive line is also pretty good, but you're relying on Ryan Tannehill, who seems to be regressing as the years go on. He was in Miami, kind of got stuck there, comes over to Tennessee, has two or three good years with Tennessee gets them to the playoffs. They don't necessarily, they don't get past Kansas city to get to the super bowl. Now it's kind of feels like he's regressing he through three interceptions in the playoffs last year against the Cincinnati Bengals, basically cost them the game. It's, and then now you have is Derek Henry's 29 years old now, 28 years old running backs usually did also regress around 30. So how many years does this Tennessee team have left if they've just lost their two wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, I do not see them improving on their season last year. I see them dramatically disimproving, if that's the word for it. I, I think a lot of it's based off Derrick Henry. How healthy is he? How much can he put the team on his back and carry them to some wins? I agree, I yeah. But coming off an injury, you never know how a running back's going to perform off an injury. That's always such a questionable uh, position for uh, for an injured player right like they, they just don't have that explosive power anymore sometimes right yeah and no, he they don't. was explosive that was his thing right he was just power and explosivity he just runs over people is all he does and yeah. that at some point that does add up um because it takes a toll on a running back especially one that gets the ball 300 times a year it's not a normal thing to do especially today's nfl like back in the 90s late 90s early 2000s you had one running back who was your workhorse and you, and you gave him the ball, you fed him the ball, every single running down. Now you've seen kind of a, it's almost like a hyper backfield where you have kind of a bruiser and then you got like a scat back. And Derek Henry is just one of those guys where you, they're just constantly giving him the ball all of the time. So they can win some games off of their running game, but that means he has to stay healthy because they're, they're, 
we like their wide receivers aren't going to stay healthy. Robert Woods is not going to stay healthy. He's going to have troubles getting started with that ACL. So can you just like, are you going to rely the first five weeks on Derrick Henry? Cause Ryan Tannehill is also kind of like a mess right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see how this team is going to improve or get over that playoff hump, which they couldn't get over the past few seasons. And with, we always talk, what they have. we always talk to about like, each season, there's one team in the NFL that goes from playoff contender to like a four-win, five-one, five-win disaster. Do you think that the Tennessee Titans could be that team this year? I very much think so. Unless Derrick Henry, if unless he has some sort of MVP season, put the team on his back and just putting up two, three touchdowns a game, which we've seen games where he is unstoppable. Yes. Yes, there's games but where he scores four or five touchdowns. Team pulling that together, they don't have re- they don't have the receivers. The quarterback, no. you know, he's he's had some success in the past few seasons in terms of managing games, but I don't see him pulling out a win out of his hat, right? Like he's not he's not going he's not to throwing win that hail mary at the end of the game. He's not an yeah. Aaron Rodgers kind of guy to just like pull off a miracle play in the end to win the game for you. Correct. He's not go- he's not a guy that's going to go out there and steal a victory. There are guys in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, um, Mahomes. Mahomes, another great example. God, those guys are going to steal games, and they have that wow factor, that it factor. Ryan Tannehill is not that. He's not that guy. He's. Not, I don't think he's ever been that guy. He's not a flashy quarterback when it comes to his skill level. He's a guy that's in there that can make throws, average throws, above average, above average throws. But yeah, you're right. He's not winning. He's not going to go out there and be impressive enough to win a game by himself. That that's Derek. That that's what Derek Henry does on this team. Yeah. So yeah, I think these could definitely be like a five six win team. Yeah, I He's think tight. so too. I think so too. It's also not necessarily an easy schedule. So, I mean, I I would say that if you have to bet on a team that's going to have the most regression, that's I think that the I think that the Tennessee Titans could be that team and not just in the AFC South. I think they could be that team in the full AFC, full NFC in terms of how much they've fallen off compared to where they are. Cause they're also going to have, they have changes that they're going to think about making coming up soon. If that does happen, they drafted a quarterback in the third round, I believe uh, his name is Malik Willis. Now Malik Willis was one of the quarterbacks in the draft that was talked about going as high as 15th overall. Like the, they talked about the lions getting him with their second pick in, in uh, the draft as well. Like, do you see Ryan Tannehill playing so poorly that maybe they give Malik Willis a chance at some point this season? I don't know if it's necessarily going to be him playing so poorly. I think he will play as Tannehill has a little bit inconsistent, but at some point when you're having a losing season, why not try out the young talent? You have That's nothing exactly to lose right. at that point. That's a good point. Yeah, because if you're if you're three and eight, three or nine, what is the why still have Ryan Tannehill in there? If he's not the future of your quarterback position, why continue yeah. to play him? It's not helping him. It's not helping your franchise. It's not helping your fan base. So if the Tennessee Titans start to show signs of a really bad season, it could be probably I would say as early as week. 10 maybe they start Malik they start thinking about Malik Willis and the NFL you know how they are they NFL reporters NFL beat writers they will call for a young quarterback far too soon if there's like just the slightest chance of trouble 
Oh yeah, I mean they they look at everything in like a microcosm, right? They'll call for him too early and then not give him a chance and say he's not going to work out. He's not the future. You yeah, know. yeah, it's they're the they're almost the worst. It's overreactions <laughs> everywhere, and that's something that we'll probably have lots of this season as well. But hopefully, the one one of us will talk the other guy off the ledge. Now, I mean Tennessee's got a tough. Two of the teams, in my opinion, in their division have improved significantly. Yeah. And, and so they haven't. They've they've gone the other direction. I agree. And so now, now that we've talked about a team that could potentially go from 12 win season to a five win season, let's move on to a team that I think both you and I kind of agree on that could be a dark horse team that goes from would have two or three wins last year, two wins because they're the first overall pick. They I think and I think you agree is that this team could surprise people in the AFC South and maybe just maybe finish ahead of the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Not the Texans. Absolutely. (laughs) It's not the Texans at all. I I like the Jaguars on paper right now. I think the biggest factor kind of holding them back, and especially with Trevor Lawrence's development last year, was the coaching. From all the reports, all the little stories I've heard, and, you know, I don't know how how true any of it is, but the guy was a disaster last year, Urban Meyer. Yep. And Doug Peterson, from everything I've seen, is everyone just saying it's a complete different rock group, locker room. We feel like this is a professional setting now. They, they're comparing it to amateur hour compared to a real professional football team now with him. So I think, you know, just that sort of leadership, that sort of change can definitely have a big impact, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, their defense is good, and I believe it was one of the defensive players that, that did say there is a night and day difference between the leadership in the locker room with the coaching than there was from last year where you had one of the biggest disasters in NFL coaching history with urban Meyer and him coming in and basically making a mockery of the NFL coaching system. And all the players hated him. They didn't get along with him. Even the kicker was complaining about him. And it's now it's, you go to a super bowl winning head coach and Doug Peterson, a guy who is specifically is there to help young quarterbacks and they have what they like to call a generational talent in Trevor Lawrence under a new head coach who's supposed to be a quarterback guru so the the biggest steps this year that could help the Jacksonville Jaguars is Trevor Lawrence the team probably rides or dies based on the steps that he takes this year and I think their wide receiver room is also pretty good they went out and got Christian Kirk from Arizona they have Marvin Jones Jr., who all that guy does is touch t- catch touchdowns. They went out and got Zay Jones from Las Vegas. Laquan Treadwell from Atlanta. Uh, LaVisca Chanoa is still there. Now, he's going to have to earn his spot this year because he kind of was – he hasn't panned out to what he was supposed to be. He was drafted in the second round, and he's just – he's one of those guys that that's supposed to be able to do everything on the field, and he hasn't quite put it together yet. So the wide receiver room plus the steps Trevor Lawrence takes – that's kind of what this team's looking forward to and what they're expecting out of if they're going to have any success. I agree. I mean, the wide receiver room, it's not the greatest in the NFL. It's not something that's going to blow your mind. However, it is better than Tennessee's, you know, like they got depleted for the wide receivers. These guys, you know, the, I like Christian Kirk. I think he's a solid uh, quarterback, uh, a solid uh, wide receiver. Now is he taking the number one wide receiver spot? He, It'll be between him and, and Marvin Jones Jr. I think Marvin Jones Jr. has it locked up 
just based off of deep threat ability and jumping and veteran leadership. But I think Christian Kirk is, I I agree with you. I think that I, would you rather have Christian Kirk or would you rather have Robert Woods? I take Christian Kirk over Robert Woods right now, especially, you know, coming off an injury that always is such a, you know, it's such a cautionary thing. Like how good is it going to be so questionable, right? Obviously these guys see them in training. They see their movement. They see how well they're doing. They know if that injury could be limiting or not. Right. Yeah. But you and I, we don't get to see that the same way. No, we won't. We, you and I won't get to see anything until not even preseason until week one or two, because preseason, these guys hardly ever play and no one really takes anything seriously. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not out there watching training camps. I'm not, I'm not, you see highlight videos on Instagram and social media, but those are highlight videos. You never see every rep of practice. So you can't believe anything. You can't see anything that's going to make you think, Oh, okay, this is that I'm just saying, and I think you are too, is that Christian Kirk based off what we've seen over the last couple of years is a better player than Robert Woods. I think so. At this time in history, I would say so. I agree. I agree with that statement. Now I, I get We don't know much about the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we know even less about the Houston Texans because I don't know anything about the Houston Texans. I am looking at this depth chart in front of me and their wide receivers, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, Chris Moore. Now I think we know Brandon Cooks because he played for the Rams and he played for the Patriots. I think he played for the Patriots. I mean, that's those, those are like, those are their wide receivers. And then their running backs, Marlon Mack out of Indianapolis, who could never put it together there. Rex Burkhead out of New England, who is old as shit. And then their quarterback, who I actually, I will, re- I respect their quarterback, Davis Mills. He was drafted in the third round a year ago. He was a rookie last year. He had a fairly decent season, but there's a bunch of nobodies on this Houston Texans offense. And I don't know how they win the game. Yeah, I mean, it is looking bleak in Houston. I don't know what the management is thinking. I don't know if they're just out to lunch or if they're trying their best. They just can't get anything done. But this was a bad team last year. Yep. And I don't think they improved anywhere, did they? No, they, all they did was they went out and got they signed free agents that are old players that got cut from other teams. Like That never bodes well for anybody. It works for the Patriots, but that's because the Patriots are a different breed. They're a different system type of place. But head coach Lovey Smith, I just, I like, he's a good locker room guy, but he's not really good at the X's and O's. So can he, and if you're going to be a good coach in the locker room, but have a weakness in X's and O's, then your team, your players have to have great strengths at X's and O's. And I don't see anyone on this roster that's worth being on a fantasy team, let alone an NFL team. Yeah. This is a tough team to kind of find any sort of glimmering hope. Like it just, I mean, it's yeah. just hor- It's a laughable team, and it's led by such a laughable organization too. Like, like isn't their their preacher, their priest, or their their guy that leads their sermons from years ago is now their like general manager putting together the team? Like, well, is that a fact? I I believe he started wow. off as their preacher, and he's worked his way up to some type of executive or general manager that's on the team. And I forget his name, 
Um, I mean, he's got a lot of faith in God with this team right now. I can yeah. That. Yeah. Well, you better pray that there's a God out there um, because this team is full of garbage. And I don't know how, I don't know how they win a game. I just, I don't know. I think they're the worst team in football. And another reason why we started with the AFC South is because we had to get this shitty division out of the way. I don't think you or I are fans of any of these teams to begin with. I will get on the Colts bandwagon if I have to cheer for a team in the South because Jonathan Taylor was on my fantasy team, but I kind of want to cheer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, I think it'd be cool to see, um, Trevor Lawrence and that team do well this year. I'd love to see them do well. I always hope they do well. I love a good underdog story. I just feel that there's a little bit of a, a collective, you know, lack of faith. They're kind of like them, the Cleveland Browns. I don't want to name. There's another team in the NFL. I don't want to name just because it might have personal blow <laughs> against you. But a lot of people just don't have faith in them to do well. Season after season, regardless of what they do, no matter who comes in. But there's kind of like that's in a, that's a thing that is real though, right? Like that doesn't come out of nowhere. Like the, the other team you're talking about is my team, the Detroit Lions, and that is a it's that this is factual. It's not just like we go, oh, it's just the Lions. Is this the Lions? Like oh, we're just laughing and joking. It's no because the Browns and the Lions and the Jaguars have sucked for 50 years. They can't get it together, and and they'll never. It, there's no reason to say that they will. From the top to bottom, there's always mistakes in these organizations. And you could probably put the Houston Texans up there with that now with how they've handled everything from Deshaun Watson to the team that they have now. It's always going to be failure for these teams. And I, like, I, I don't, I'm not saying that Houston Texans are there now, but the Jaguars are. They've never been able to put it together. They've always made laughable decisions. And the press that they get in the regular season is always way more... Uh, evident off the field than it is on the field. No one ever talks about their on-field game. How many games did you watch of the Jacksonville Jaguars last year? Zero. That's Zero. the only thing about why I can say about Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to call him a bust. I don't want to call him a prolific player. I haven't seen the guy play. I've never seen him play. No, not have I. Like there's, I Instagram, if I saw anything from him, and I, that's probably all from his college days. I think the guy yeah. got a, I think he got a bad rap for the first season that he was in Jacksonville because of the, the way the dressing room was handled, the way the coach was handling him. It just, I think he came into the league trying to be the next Peyton Manning and supposed to be the next Peyton Manning. And then the coaching staff got a hold of him and didn't care. They just were there for the money or the fame or whatever reason, the power. And they just completely biffed it. And hopefully Trevor Lawrence's entire career doesn't suffer because of that. But I mean, I haven't seen him play. So I don't know anything either. I hope he's not a terrible quarterback. He was good in college. He was fun. He's got that long blonde flow. I mean, he's got his best friend as his running back this year, Trevor's ATN. I don't know if they're best friends, but they played at Clemson together in college. So they, they know about each other and they know how both of them like to play. So it's going to be beneficial for him to have him back there beside him. But it's one of the more interesting things about this division is how he does this year. Yeah. I think in my books, it's a mulligan season for him. Forget last year. The team was a write-off. Just yeah. try again. Yeah. And so the other, he was a rookie last year. So was Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. Davis Mills was drafted in the third round. Trevor Lawrence was drafted in the first round, first overall. Who do you think has more pressure between those two in this division this year to have any success at all? I think Trevor Lawrence, but he's also, you know, 
I think he's going to get a little more of a shot. They're going to put a little more faith and a little more time in developing Trevor Lawrence than uh, Mills. I think so too. But you know, like I can't say there's no pressure on Mills. You know, being on a bad team, there's a lot of pressure on you because people want to see results. Of course. And when you're just one player, you can't make it all happen. Your career, your season, whatever might be in jeopardy, and it's not your fault. That's just the way that you know the cards were dealt. You yeah. came into a bad situation. You know, there's guys that go on a, a decent team and they have an amazing career. But some people just get drafted to a bad team and it just destroys your career right away. It happens all the time to the same yeah. three teams we just talked about, the Lions, the Browns, and the Jaguars. Every time they draft what seems to be the next big quarterback who's supposed to do great things for them, and it, it, fail, it ultimately fails. And it, it, it happens all the time with these guys. And we're seeing it, we, we're seeing it again with – we'll get to the um, – other AFC divisions, but Baker Mayfield also drafted first overall to the Browns. The only difference yeah. I'll put the Jaguars and those other teams is you. How many Hall of Fame caliber players have the Jaguars ever had come through that locker room? Um. Okay, let's think. Let's think about some Hall of Fame players that have played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's got to be some. Um, I'm sure there are, but I mean, maybe they spent two years there at the end of their career or something. I mean, you know, like at least Detroit's got two players that stand out Hall of Fame careers with Detroit. Cleveland, they've got some guys, you know, a little bit maybe older, way back before our time, but they've had players. And Jacksonville, fair enough, they're a much younger team. They've been around since, what, the 90s or so? Yeah. They don't really have memorable names of players. I can remember, like, Mark Brunel. Sorry? Mark Brunel, but I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame, but he was the guy that was the quarterback when we were growing up who was decent. Mark Brunel was a decent quarterback, but I don't know if he's Hall of Fame, but – and then Fred Taylor, running back, I don't know if he's Hall of Fame either. So, I mean, it's a tough tough list. You say, like, they've constantly been making bad decision after bad decision. They just bad decisions of the draft, I guess, really, because they can't, they haven't really been able to pull out any sort of star caliber players. Well, also, no, no one wants to stay there. Your players that have gone through Jacksonville. Well, no one wants to stay there as well. Like a lot of guys get drafted Jacksonville and then try to ask for their way out or they leave as soon as they can, which is tough in the NFL. But if you ask for your way out, then you can just, you can just get out. Um, the best cornerback in the league who plays for the Rams now and Jalen Ramsey. He was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he told them basically go fuck themselves and trade me, and they did. But he spent but, a few seasons there. He, he did, yeah. He and built they, his name there. Like he he made a name for himself there. It's not like he showed up draft day and said, "I'm out." He didn't pull an Eli Manning. No, that's true. He, but it, once he saw he what was play. happening, once he saw what was happening there, and that the team wasn't trying to get better or doing things that were going to make them a better team, and kind of taking the cheap way out, he then said, "I'm." get me out of here which is the problem with the three teams that we've been talking about is that they don't tend to treat the players well and they don't really want to build a team that is going to win they kind of just want to build a team that's going to sell tickets or be in the nfl they just want to stay in the nfl to get money is what it seems like no i i don't know how else to explain it why are they so bad for so long i don't know I, I wish i had the answers to those questions because i always support bad teams too that's always been my thing but I mean, even with Jalen Ramsey on the Jaguars, they went to the conference finals, did they not? 
Blake Bortles, know. a quarterback? They lost to the Patriots in the conference finals? Blake Bortles was the quarterback, and they went to the AFC Yeah, they lost to the Patriots, and I think that was the year the Patriots went to uh, beat um, the Falcons. If I'm not mistaken. That in 2016? Yeah, was that not the year that the, the Jaguars lost to the Patriots in the conference finals? I don't know. I'm quickly, fans, hold on. Uh, yeah, they lost to the Patriots 24 to 20. They were 12 and 7 season. More about this game. I've completely forgot about this. Yeah, Blake Bortles. Man. Yeah, Blake and they Bortles. had that was when, uh, and then Ramsey left after that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they had Leonard Fournette on that team, TJ Yeldon, Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee. All these guys left. Dante Fowler Jr., Jalen Ramsey was on that team, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a good season they had. They played well. They were exciting. They actually were, like, their defense was solid. Their offense had some spark to it. That was 2018. Yeah. So that's actually, that's only four years ago. Yeah, and then they completely fell off after that season. A lot of guys wanted out, and that was it. They haven't recovered since. Well, that's more than... I mean, that's four years. It's not that long in the scheme of things. No, that's very short. For the NFL, that's very short. The Lions haven't won a playoff game in forever. The Browns haven't won a playoff. Oh, they won one against the Steelers uh, recently. But that's just one win where the Jaguars went to the championship, AFC championship game. That's that's very impressive. I completely forgot about this team, um, which is why we're just regular NFL fans on this. But Blake Bortles, wow. I did not think he had that in him at all. Well, while we're talking about quarterbacks, let's pivot again, because I asked the question about Trevor Lawrence or Davis Mills having more pressure on them. Let's talk about the other two, because they're both kind of on their last teams in terms of they have to succeed in order to get more contracts. That's Ryan Tannehill for the Tennessee Titans and Matt Ryan, who was just traded to the Indianapolis Colts, kind of these guys' last hurrah if they don't do well. So who's under more pressure in terms of those two? Personally, I think Tannehill, just because Tannehill has had to fight a little more for a starting job than Matt Ryan for most of his career. Right. Tannehill's coming off a 12-win season. That's Tannehill awesome. hasn't been able to get over that playoff hump the last few seasons. I think he's... What uh, in five playoff games he's lost three, and his last three playoff games have been losses. Obviously, you know, like he lost two first game in both seasons the last two years, and then he lost. He had um, they went two wins and lost the third round uh, in, in the uh, three years finals. ago. Yeah, yeah, against the against so you know the he needs to Chiefs. to get back into that good playoff form. He's got a, a rookie quarterback on the bench shadowing him at practice that could take his job. Correct. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, his team, granted, they're in win mode now. But I just feel like from his standpoint, he's got to be a little more cooler and calm. He's been a career starter his whole life. He kind of knows what it takes. He's going to do his thing, win or lose. And I think he realizes he doesn't necessarily need to go after any more contracts. I think this is just his last opportunity to try and win. Tannehill's got a little more in the tank to try and extend his NFL career. And for all those things, I think the pressure has got to be more on Tannehill. Well, who's going to take him if he doesn't do well this year? Tannehill. I mean, he can land up 
uh, land a backup role or, you know, like just uh, go to Houston. I mean, they, they need somebody. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. That's a hell of a fall to go to the Houston Texans, but I don't know if they would take him either. They're kind of in a rebuild. No, well, I guess sure it's their MO to... right now is that they would take him. So, cause that's all they're doing is getting old guys, but I, I don't know. I think that Matt Ryan has more pressure because that team's built to win now. And he is supposed to be a guy that is winning, that wins his Super Bowl. He is a Hall of Fame caliber player. He's been to one, a famous one that they've lost when they're up 28 to three. And he was an MVP. He came into the league with much more fanfare and expectations than Ryan Tannehill did. Now, because he was has not been great with the Falcons recently. I think more pressure is on him to succeed because everything else about this team screams Super Bowl, and he is supposed to be the missing link. And I don't even know if he was their first choice in the offseason. There's so many names got thrown around that I don't know if Matt Ryan was the first choice that the Indianapolis Colts wanted to get in their quarterback room for the team that they have now. Okay, so maybe we should rephrase it like this. You're asking who is there more pressure on? I think I'm answering who is going to feel the pressure more. Okay, so you're in terms of like you think Ryan Tannehill needs to do well in order to preserve his – no, what you're saying is that there's more pressure in the dressing room on Ryan Tannehill than there is now. I think he personally is going to feel the pressure a lot more than Matt Ryan is going to feel the pressure. So, you know, there's guys who are just calm under the face of adversity, right? Yes. The people are putting the pressure on him, but he's not going to feel it the same way. If somebody else in the same situation will crumble. I'm saying that I think Tannehill is going to feel the pressure more for all those factors, trying to extend his playoff career. He needs to get over that playoff hump. His team got worse. He's got a rookie in the, re- in the dressing room that's going to be shadowing him that could take his job at any moment. Whereas um, Matt Ryan... They're going to live and die by Matt Ryan. That's yes. the only option. He, you know, he is a Hall of Fame caliber um, quarterback. And I think there's got to be a level of confidence that comes with that. That he I, can dust it yeah. off. You know, I agree. And I do he's think... He's had losing seasons for a few seasons now. I think he knows that, you know, they could do or die, but it is what it is. I'm just going to go out there and do my best. Do what I, I do. I actually, I think you might have won me over on this because I, with that comparison i do think ryan Tannehill will have more pressure because there's a better team around matt ryan that he can just rely on handing the ball off to jonathan taylor or he can rely on his offensive line or he has better wide receivers as well that he can kind of just rely on them to make their routes and he can stay level-headed and common his name is matty ice for christ's sake like he yeah. can he, he is definitely well more equipped to deal with pressure than ryan Tannehill, who's been dealing with it his entire career and has never been able to kind of get past it so I think that argument alone, I think that's a pretty good one in terms of, of Matt Ryan having less pressure than Ryan Tannehill feeling it this year uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And because we a question all, for you. Yeah. I got a question for you. Right now, as of today, who would you take, Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Easy. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, he's younger. He has less miles on him, less wear and tear. He is – going to be kind of a derrick henry guy that he's just constantly getting the ball all the time but if they're this is the other thing about the indianapolis colts and matt ryan is that if they start getting up on games they can stop giving the ball to jonathan taylor and get more reps to like naeem hines or philip Lindsay, so that they can reserve some of that energy in his tank for the playoffs whereas tennessee is going to have to rely on derrick henry every single game every single play 
to try to get first downs. And by the, even if they do make the playoffs, which I don't think they will, I think that Derrick Henry is going to be exhausted by the time he gets there. He is five, six years older than Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor just had the best season. He was an MVP candidate last year. Um, so I think I would take Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry every single time, wouldn't you? Right now? Right now. I mean, I'm, I'm such an emotional fan that I keep looking at the highlights of Derrick Henry of just running through guys. And if he can emulate that for one season, I feel like Derrick Henry obviously was a key factor for them winning a lot of those games that they have the last few seasons. Why Tennessee's even been relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And if he can still have one of those seasons. He can still have one of those seasons, but wouldn't you trust Jonathan Taylor on fresher legs to have a more chance of success at it? I, I mean, the thing is, Jonathan Taylor, like his career is such a small window, right? We have this habit of extrapolating a small bit of success into a longevity of a career for a running back. There's a lot of running backs that have had one year of just beautiful football, and then they're nowhere to be found the following season. Right. And it happens all the time. It does happen. You never expect it to happen just because how great they played their year before. And then suddenly you draft this guy on your fantasy team and he's nowhere to be found. He doesn't get any yards. He gets shut down the line every time. He's just not the same player. I'm not saying that's what I hope or expect of Jonathan Taylor, but you never know when a running back is going to drop off like that. They seem to have a massive quick drop off. Derrick Henry, at least he's exhibited for a few seasons. And again, maybe, you know, eventually he does have to slow down. Yes. Is this his slowdown season? Is it two years from now, four years from now? When is it? I don't know. My instinct would say that his is going to happen before Jonathan Taylor's, but then you also look at Derrick Henry's body type and mass alone. He's way bigger than Jonathan Taylor. He's huge and he doesn't seem to, to take hits the same way like he dishes them out he doesn't take them as much he doesn't absorb them as much so there could be something about derrick henry preserving what he's already done in each season and just bowl over people but i i don't know like i think i think jonathan taylor is the real deal in my opinion i think that he's the best running back in the nfl and i think the colts are lucky to have him and i think that he is going to be the reason why matt ryan has success in indianapolis and takes this team into the playoffs and hopefully wins one or two games because that's going to be the success of this team is going to be based off not just getting the playoffs, but they have to win one or two of the games. Yeah. I, I think he's also going to be successful because he has a better team around him, right? When you don't yeah, have to rely on the running back every, every down, yep. you know, that makes it easier for the other team's defense and it makes it harder for your running back when you have to rely on him and everything. Derek well, especially situation got harder. Yeah. Especially because they lost their wide receivers. So now you can just put eight in the box, which means that you just have eight guys at the line of scrimmage, basically just going after Derrick Henry because they know that there's weak on the wide receiver aspect of it. So they can just stack up against the run. So, but do you, so that being said, do you think we both agree that Indianapolis is going to win this division? Do you think that Tennessee makes the playoffs? I do not think Tennessee makes the playoffs, personally, no. Do you think they are over 500? So it's 17 games. So they got to be nine and eight. Nine or eight, and eight. And nine. Yeah. If Derrick Henry stays healthy, I think they can pull nine wins. 
So now that being said, I, I saying that. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pulling eight wins. I'm pulling eight wins. To say Indianapolis is is that Vegas says that they're only going to win nine and a half, nine or ten games. The line is at nine and a half. So if Tennessee wins nine, then they're right in that division race. I don't think, yeah. I think they win six games if they're lucky. Well, I can see that. The more I just, I got to remember looking at the rest of the team. That's yeah, not a good really team. Really not a lot going on there. It's not a very good team. Uh, Puya, do you have any last words for us on the AFC South? You know what? I mean, none of these are teams I've ever really been a fan of, ever watched. So I'm hoping for everybody's sake, that they can prove me wrong a little bit and play some exciting football. Because I, I don't wish poorly on any of these teams. But, I mean, I just don't really have a lot of great things to say about most of them. I mean, it just – this is not the division that I'm looking out. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this season. I agree. I think that this – if I had to sum this up, I'd say that this division is by far the least interesting to me as a fan, just based off of where, like, we live or – anything like that. And um, I, the Colts, I think run away with it, which also makes it less interesting because there's not going to be a, a fight for whoever wins this division to make the playoffs. So I just don't think it's going to be an exciting division at all. It'll be exciting when the Colts get to the playoffs, if Matt Ryan has success, but Matt Ryan doesn't have sex. This should be a stinker division. So it could possibly be the worst division in the league, but also if Jacksonville can put it together, it could be, it could turn us around. That's what I'm most excited to see is how the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence do in this division, because I think the Colts run away with it. And I think they run away with it early. I agree. All right, fans. Well, thanks for tuning in to our very first running down the clock podcast with myself, Tyler Walzak and my good co-host friend, Puya Ricey. Next week, we or actually next episode, depending on whenever these air, we'll be talking about the NFC South. And we are very much more looking forward to that than we were a conversation about the stinker, AFC South division that neither of us really care about because we don't have any teams or dogs in this fight. Um, Please tune into the next episode and uh, thank you all for listening. Running down the clock is brought to you by the ordinary podcast network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.